Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers. And Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram. And Ram, the father of Amenadab, and Amenadab, the father of Nashon, and Nashon, the father of Salmon. And Salmon, the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. And Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph. And Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Joram, and Joram the father of Uzziah. And Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. And Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah. And Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel, the father of Abiud, and Abiud, the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim, the father of Azor, and Azor, the father of Zadok, and Zadok, the father of Achim, and Achim, the father of Eliud, and Eliud, the father of Eleazar, and Eleazar, the father of Matan, and Matan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jerry, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is another bright, shining, rising star in on ODR. Um, on ODR. We got a new year. We got new series and new passages. And we are starting this year. We're going to go through Matthew 1 through 11. Um, Matthew, uh, it's, the o- it's the only gospel that we haven't ODR'd yet, which is kind wow. of wild. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we are, we're going to tackle, um, you know, the first kind of half of Matthew at the beginning of this year uh, and then take a break and come back to it. And so um, Matthew is obviously the first book in the New Testament. And, you know, it starts with this genealogy, which mm-hmm. you and I just played some ping pong with. And, uh, you know, think gene- one? there we go. Uh, I think... I think you won, Jerry. You got the last word. You got verse 17. It did come back to me. And it, you got the first word. Ooh, interesting. So Served and I received. I feel slighted. <laughs> I feel very slighted. 
Um, but you know, genealogies are generally the things that we skip, um, when we're like reading through the Bible in a year, or mm. maybe even just like reading Matthew. And uh, maybe some of our ODR friends have already logged off of this episode and they're like, oh, we'll see you, see you on January 2nd. <laughs> um, but for the faithful few who are still listening, um, genealogies are actually like, you know, they're all over the Bible and they're really important. Obviously, one reason is there's like this historicity that comes through genealogies. Like uh, that's how people kind of help date things mm-hmm. and uh, help understand uh, the, the placement of biblical characters within the context of the story of Israel and whatnot. Um, but we also can learn a lot about God. Um, we can learn a lot, a lot about Jesus mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, even things about ourselves and mm-hmm. uh, things that we can apply to our own life through the least maybe likely seeming circumstance, which is a long list of names. Mm-hmm. So Jerry, we just read a lot of names. Some of them are uh, very familiar, a la Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, a la David. Um, but then, you know, we also have um, Shealtiel. I have not met any kids in Covenant Kids uh, who are named Shealtiel. Unfortunately. And, uh, you know, we have uh, Abiud. There, there's these names we don't know anything about mm-hmm. um, or maybe we know very little about. So... As you look at this list, Jeremy Brooks, please tell me what what jumps out to you. What are you thinking about? Hmm. You know, as you were talking, I mean, we're at the beginning of the year, the beginning of the New Testament, hmm. the beginning of Jesus Christ in some sense. Um, as we read these, are names, you saying that Jesus was made, not begotten? Uh, no, I'm not <laughs> saying that. But uh, the beginning of his <laughs> earthly ministry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, um, and. Uh, a fun like Bible reading plan could be to like go by these names Ooh, and like okay. try to like go back and, and just read the story of, of each of these. And yeah, I don't know, take however long it would take to go through that. Um, but that, that would be really helpful. And it would really like, I don't know, Christocentrize the story of scripture for you a little more. Um, so I don't know. That's just something that I'd recommend if you're like reading through this and you're like, I don't know who Tamar is. That's mm-hmm. a great one to go back and read because um, you'll be shocked by like the fact that that situation is included here in this like genealogy about Jesus. Oh, yeah. And you'll, you'll find stuff like that all over the place. But one of the things that stands out to me yeah, in a, in a main kind of way is it starts with David and Abraham mm-hmm. emphasizing those two people. Yeah. And then it ends, you know, with them as well. You know, Abraham to David's 14 generations, David to the deportation to Babylon. So then that's like being marked out as kind of like a significant thing. And then Babylon to Christ. And so, yeah, I think we should ask the question, like what's, what's so important about David and Abraham? Um, yep. Yeah. And why is Matthew drawing some attention to Jesus and those two fellows? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, one of the things that is really striking is, uh, you know, there, there's one of the reasons we should pay attention to genealogies is we actually really value them in our own life. You know, um, I'm sure um, with as many people as, you know, there are in our church, at least some of us listening to this or on here have uh, have done the 23andMe or, uh, you know, the what, what's the big uh, online 
genealogy website. I'm totally blanking. Uh, it's not genealogy.com, is it? No, no. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, I'm email in to ODR if you know the answer. To this yes, question. yes. Please mail it in. <laughs> we forgot. Uh, to 221 Hour Drive. <laughs> so anyways, but like we enjoy knowing our own heritage because there's like something about where we come from that's significant to us. You know, maybe uh, your like great, 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 whatever grandfather is George Washington. And so you kind of value this, uh, this regal American heritage in your family, or uh, maybe your family ended up in America uh, because they were sent to the prison colony of Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of, uh, your family has come from this band of outcast misfits of the British empire. And it's that American dream, like rags to riches story. People find all the sorts of like lessons and identities about themselves mm -hmm. in the story of their their bloodline and their family. So Matthew's doing this with Jesus. And I think, you know, we might assume like, oh yeah, there's there's nothing like actually going on here. It's just like kind of for the records. But I actually think that that's really false. And I'm sure many of you have heard this, Jeremy, I'm sure you're like acquainted with this. But the really fascinating thing to meditate on and to, to study about Matthew 1, 1 through 17, is that Matthew very um, pointed, pointedly mentions five women, only five women. So we have Tamar, we have Rahab, we have Ruth, we have Bathsheba, who he refers to as Uriah's wife. So he doesn't even call her by name, but as Uriah's wife. Uriah the Hittite. Uriah the Hittite. And then we have Mary. And, you know, just to fly over these, um, Tamar was uh, the the daughter-in-law of uh, Judah, who, you know, is the, he is the patriarch of the tribe of Judah. And um, his name means praise. Jesus is the lion of Judah. And so, you know, we might think um, Judah is a great guy. Well, actually, you know, his, one of his sons marries this young woman named Tamar. He dies. So Judah is obligated to have Tamar uh, marry his third son. But he doesn't want to do that. You know, there's a lot of cultural kind of things going on. He, he doesn't want his son to kind of marry these like used goods that Tamar is. He wants him to have a brighter future. So he kind of skirts around it. So Tamar dresses up like a prostitute, disguises herself, um, and attracts the business of Judah. He gets her pregnant. This is a gross story. Mm -hmm. Not one we tell um, to our kids all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and then, you know, it's like he, he is like ready to have this like prostitute killed. Like there's like this whole story. And then uh, Tamar shows up and is like, I'm the prostitute because you, you know, basically she has this like big, like I caught you in your wrongdoing mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. And Judah, you know, kind of like eats the humble pie. So a very grody, like bad mm -hmm. kind of old Testament moment mm -hmm. where it's like sin meets sin meets you know, transgression and brokenness. She like deceives him in a sinful way to mm -hmm. do a right thing. Yes. <laughs> and Jesus comes through that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little further down the line, um, you know, Tamar was a, it was a fake prostitute. Like a, she kind of disguised herself as a prostitute, 
but we get a real genuine one in the city of Jericho. Um, you know, when, when Joshua is leading the people uh, through the conquest of the promised land, Jericho is kind of like this first catalytic moment. And Rahab is like the faithful prostitute. You know, she, she actually, she's heard the story of God basically. Um, and rather than trying to defeat or resist the Israelites, she actually helps hide them. Um, and so she's kind of brought into the people of Israel. We have Ruth, who's a Moabite, um, you know, during this famine and the days of the judges, these, uh, Israelite men go off and marry, um, some Moabite woman, which is a big no, no, but Ruth's one of these. And she's actually very, very faithful and is redeemed by Boaz, um, and is the grandmother of, of King David. And then we have Bathsheba, David and Bathsheba. Sorry, I'm not trying to take up all the time, but yeah, this is um, just as a survey, Matthew hand selects like these stories that basically all deal with uh, God's covenant either being broken or like there's this exception in Rahab. You know, there, there's a lot of like sexual morality and kind of brokenness that Matthew is pointing out mm -hmm. in the bloodline of Jesus. So what do you make of that, Jeremy? Mm -hmm. Everything you just said is how God is fulfilling his promise to Abraham mm. to uh, be a blessing to every, through him for the, his blessing to go to every family on earth. Mm -hmm. And it's also him fulfilling his promise to David that there will always be uh, a king from your line on the throne. Mm. And so you hear those promises and you might imagine that they would get carried out a certain way. Yeah. And then, the actual way that they get carried out is everything you just described <laughs> yeah. um, through the brokenness of man. And, and then it just, it's, it kind of makes a lot of sense about in a, this is getting into tomorrow. Um, but in 18 through 25, you know, it says this one key line, Mary will bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Yeah. And so this the sin of the people is kind of on display here. Mm -hmm. It's not being hidden. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important. The promises of God are like tensions there. It's like showing that like God's keeping his promises. God's being faithful. But his people have not been faithful. Yeah. Um, and yet God is still working through them. Mm -hmm. Um and he's working through them to bring about an ultimate savior mm -hmm. of his own people's sins. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that is like the story that we're kind of being drawn into here, yeah. uh, which is, which is an amazing thing for us to think about even today yeah. know, and how the Lord is using his people still to proclaim this message of salvation from our sins. Yeah. <laughs> we are no different. Like there's brokenness in all of our marriages and families and histories. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I don't have to go back very far in my own family line to think through like, you know, it wasn't like this perfect thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's plenty of sin to be forgiven. Yeah. Um, and yet God, here I am. Yeah. You know, absolutely. And, and it's, it's, it's amazing. Absolutely. You know, I think it also just reveals the way God works, like to the point that you're making um, in the garden after the fall, God tells Eve, um, your offspring will crush the serpent. You know, the I'll place enmity. It's like the, it's the uh, proto-euangelion is mm -hmm. what you know, we refer to it as. It's the first good news. It's the prototype of the good news. Um, 
imagine being in the family meeting with Adam and Eve, if they were to kind of like sit down with a, a chalkboard and kind of guess how it's going to play out mm-hmm. or with Abraham, when he gets the, this promise that through him, all the nations of the world will be, will be blessed. Um, if you like sat down with him on a, a whiteboard and, you know, uh, introduced him to draw race markers and let him like draw out how this is going to go. Um, probably not many prostitutes, <laughs> uh, probably not a virgin, um, at the very end of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably not yeah. this like blessed King after God's own heart, uh, you know, taking another man's wife for himself and killing the man. That would probably not be the marriage that would be like the hinge point we would choose. And yet through that 14 generations to David and from Abraham to David and uh, 14 uh, from this, sorry, whatever verse 17 says, I'm not going to do the math right now. All these generations after generations after generations in Christ comes. And, you know, it's like as we are in this uh, waiting period for Jesus's return, I think like we can look at the promises of scripture and be like, shouldn't, shouldn't this have worked itself out by now? And I think even here we can have this call to endure and that call to like wait. Um, because if this is how God was sculpting uh, this this entrance of the Messiah, mm-hmm. um, can't we, and we have such a clear view of it now, can't we wait with faith and patience mm-hmm. for his return? Yeah, that's. I think that's a great application. As you read this story, it should motivate you towards, yeah, patience. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, where, where do you find the strength to be patient? Mm-hmm. It's it's the spirit of God gives it to you as he opens your eyes to see how trustworthy God is. Amen. And so, yeah, I hope that that's how we start this year. Amen. Amen. Well, um, you know, we're, we're talking about the return of Jesus, but tomorrow we're actually going to really get into his first coming yeah. as a baby, um, which we remembered a few weeks ago as we celebrated Advent. So... Um, we're going to keep on and it's going to be a fun time going through Matthew together. Um, happy new year for Jeremy Brooks. This is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on January 2nd on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to our daily rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ covenant and our daily rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.